Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm glad you're here with us today. Thank you for making this your first listen when it comes to everything around Duke athletics. I certainly do appreciate that. Here on this Monday, Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC will join our program as we get to recap the Duke football game versus Georgia Tech. The game did not go in the Blue Devils' favor, but Candace Cooper has a lot to offer in that conversation. If you would like to be a part of the program. The best way for you to do that is by contributing through social media platforms at LO underscore Blue Devils is the show's Twitter handle. My handle at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Please follow and subscribe Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Also make sure you send us any questions that you may have. We take Mailbag Monday questions. Not doing it this Monday, but uh, it's coming back in a few weeks as we will bring you the next installment of Mailbag Monday right here on Lockdown Blue Devils. LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com or tweet us at LO underscore Blue Devils. Before we get into our conversation with Candace Cooper, do want to let you know about some news that broke over the weekend around Duke men's basketball. As we have officially reached the season week coming up later this week on Friday, countdown to craziness Friday night from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. But it was on Saturday that we learned that A.J. Griffin, freshman forward for the Duke Blue Devils, suffered a knee injury at last Friday's practice. It was the Devil's Den, Adam Rowe, and 24-7 Sports own Adam Rowe that first reported the news, and the team later confirmed it as Griffin sprained his knee and the MRI showed that there was no significant structural damage, a team release said. There were reports that it was a dislocation of his knee and that he would be out for to six weeks, but the team denied those reports, said there was no dislocation, there was no structural damage, just a knee sprain, but they did not give a timetable for his return. This is obviously significant. This time prior to the start of the year is very important. We've seen Duke freshmen uh, suffer injuries like this often, and A.J. Griffin is someone who has had some knee injury issues in his past, so we hope that it's a quick turnaround for the rising freshman who is expected to be uh, one of the top players for Duke and already projected to be a top five pick by some people even in the 2022 NBA draft. So look for other players to step up. I think this is uh, significant for somebody like Trevor Keels on the outside to have Duke have a more of a, a bigger wing lineup with Jeremy Roach, Wendell Moore Jr., and then Trevor Keels on the outside and then factor in the two bigs possibly in Mark Williams and Paulo Bancaro. Joey Baker, another guy that's up probably will get a little bit more run with A.J. Griffin out, so hopefully Joey's able to take advantage of that opportunity if games were to be played now. Of course, this could also be a knee sprain that A.J. is able to recover from fairly quickly, and all of a sudden he is able to go on that first game on November 9th versus Kentucky. We will just have to wait and see, but uh, that was some news to report on the Duke men's basketball front, so I wanted to make sure I was able to touch on that before we get going. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, Candace Cooper joins the show here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props 
than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine basketball, football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson here, hanging out with Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC. Back again with another episode. Candace Cooper brings us all the ratings in the world, which is outstanding. And she was also on hand at Wallace Wade Stadium this past weekend for Duke's game versus Georgia Tech. Candace, thanks for coming back on the show. JJ, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you, especially about your favorite, the Blue Devils. It was a great time in Wallace Wade. Listen, I am all for stadiums that have crowds that are decent, right, but still know when to go home. And I, I enjoy that personally as someone who has to, stick, to drive in traffic. I love it when it's just nice and flowing. Everyone go about their way. And despite some really troubling weather conditions, you still have the Blue Devil faithful out there supporting those guys. It was a great game. You know, if you missed it, you really missed out on a great opportunity some, to see some playmakers really step up on Saturday. Tell me a little bit about that. The elements, obviously, something that uh, people were aware of. I know it was more of a factor, I felt like, in, in Chapel Hill uh, mm-hmm. for the Tar Heels game versus Florida State. But tell me about those playing elements for Duke and Georgia Tech. There's definitely a hovered crowd of Bobby Bowden in Chapel Hill. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but not. In Durham, I think that, you know, you walk in, the game hasn't started about 30 minutes to game time, and it was just drizzling, right? But then suddenly everyone's starting to crowd in the concourse because the rain is starting to greet you in ways that you weren't yet expecting. People buying their ponchos and trying to just, you know, decide whether or not they were going to troop it out. And you see the first half of the game, people were like, okay, maybe this is worth trooping out. You know, let's not run down there quite yet. They were down 14. So maybe we'll take a break and go to the <laughs> concourse. But as you saw Duke get back in it, you said, okay, being out there cheering for the squad, it's worth it to, you know, make sure I'm there in the number. And I think that, you know, you definitely saw the energy as shifts were happening defensively when they were making plays, offensively when they were figuring it out. It just ultimately it really speaks to the, necess- the necessity of having fans in those stands. I mean, Candace, when you look at it, this is now like three consecutive games that you've seen Duke play with the, the win over Kansas and then obviously getting drubbed by North Carolina a week ago and then ultimately falling 31-27 to against the Georgia Tech team. You mentioned falling behind early, but this team kind of getting back into it thanks to uh, Gunnar Holmberg on a deep touchdown pass to Jake Bobo, his first TD of the year. What did you think about the Blue Devils offense in particular? Yeah, you know, I think it's very consistently inconsistent, right? You'll have some quick three and outs where you're like, okay, what was the decision making going into that? We're not utilizing 
what we know works for us. But at the same time, you had to give credit to Georgia Tech's defense. They were swallowing up Mateo Durant in the backfield. So at some point you had to, I mean, Georgia Tech knew that that was their go-to guy. So credit to Holmberg for figuring out with Jalen Calhoun and you know Jake Bobo. I think they were moving the ball really well, but sometimes you just felt like, you know, Gunner would force situations that he didn't necessarily have to. So trying to make these quick check down plays that wouldn't exist. But again, he saw it. He found his guys a lot of open space, you know, throws that I think he just has to figure out more with maturity. It'll come. And Jake, I couldn't even believe that that was his first touchdown because I'm like, how is he not your go? How is he not your Greg Olson? Right? Like, how is he not your guy every day, every time on third and seven that you're trying to find? I think I just think that's mind blowing to me, especially with his size and ability to actually catch. That should be your y'all should be besties, right? (laughs) For sure. And I mean, look, it's it's one of those things. It's it's just weird because Jake Bobo ranks in the top five in the conference in receptions, so he's catching the football every time it's thrown to him, and he's actually getting a lot of targets for whatever reason. He just can't find the end zone. It's always someone else that carries the football in, whether it's the Kansas game where Gunner rushes for four touchdowns or one of the one million touchdowns that Mateo Durant has already scored this season. Uh, it hasn't been that way for, for Jake Boba, so exciting to see him finally find the end zone. Early in that game, a couple of decisions by Coach Cutcliffe to go for it on fourth down did not result in points, and yet Duke's defense continued to keep them in the ball game, giving them the ball back on short fields, a couple of interceptions, from the Duke defense, what did you think of their efforts early in the contest? Listen, you got to give it up for Jeremiah Lewis. He was doing everything he could in that secondary. Leonard Johnson as well. But Jeremiah had some really great takeaways that, to me, was get, were game changers, right? You get the team in the field position that they had to put Duke back in. And for them to come away with no points, we talked about this on Lachlan ACC, that's where good teams become great teams. You have to figure out how to make teams pay for mistakes. Georgia Tech was doing everything they can to give this game away. Jeff Sims was throwing it to God knows whoever, and the defense was capitalizing on it. But you also saw the line. Like, they were having a great night. You could not – like, normal times were like, okay, defense has lost so much. They're losing their touch. We could have easily blamed them, but that was not on Duke's defense at all. You know, at times I would even say it wasn't on Duke's offense. It was definitely some decision makings of trust. You think that Gunnar Holmberg, you can trust him, and you want to believe. But at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. So I think Coach Cutcliffe kind of went with the whole emotion behind it instead of just the X's and O's. In my yeah, opinion. but I mean, early those interceptions we're talking about, Leonard Johnson has a pick and returns it 26 yards. Jeremiah Lewis has one as well, returns it for 12. Made an interception towards the sideline, spun back the other way, and right. still kept his body in bounds to take it back. Yeah, I mean, just really impressive I mean, effort. let's talk about, about Leonard, who literally like popped a hammy, trying to do everything you can. Like, <laughs> what do you say? Do everything you can for a team? Like, you're putting the squad on your back when you're like, pulling up. But still, I mean, that put you in a position to be successful. And then Mr. Charlie Ham, you know, and my guy had a tough day. But that's all right. You know, you live to see another one. So we mentioned uh, Mateo Durant, 152 yards on the ground. The more impressive number, 43 carries. Insane. After a yeah. week where they weren't able to run the football as much versus North Carolina because they were behind and started to go towards that passing game, Mateo carries it 43 times. The backup running back, Jordan Waters, only had four carries himself. That workload is something that a lot of people wonder about, whether or not that's having a long-term effect on Mateo Durant, as also a running back known for his big playability, 
Mateo's longest run on the day was only 11 yards. Yep. And you listened to Mateo in the post game and he was just talking about how coach gives them a test every single week. And he asked them what the last question is, what are you willing to do for the team? Like, how are you willing to help the team win? And he said, I always say doing whatever it takes. So I don't even think on his mental, he feels like he's getting too many carries. He would get 90 carries if that's what it took to get the Duke win. So I think that just speaks to who he is as a leader and what they're trying to do ultimately in that locker room. But at the end of the day, he is one man, right? So somebody on that offensive line is going to have to find a little bit better holes so he can get more than 11 yards on a really long, quote unquote, long uh, play of the day. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's so good. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors to choose from, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and more. As Built Bars are healthy and great for the health conscious guy. Covered in 100% chocolate. That's a crime. That shouldn't be fair. And yet it's still good. Soft and easy to chew, and it is good for you. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. A great flavor like peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. You need to go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, Proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC is joining us here on the program today. She was at Wallace Wade Stadium this past weekend as Duke falls to Georgia Tech by a score of 31 to 27. Duke now 3 and 3 on the year 0 and 2 in ACC competition. Anything stand out to you from uh, what coach Cutcliffe had to say after the game? You know, Coach Cutcliffe talked about more of the same, right? Frustrated, saying in critical situations, penalties, explosive plays, and missed assignments. He's tired of talking about the same things, which, you know, at the end of the day, when you start hearing a coach say that, he sounded so self-deprecating in terms of like, it's up, it's down to me now if my team still can't figure it out, right? If I'm still consistently telling you that we're not getting it done on X, Y, and Z in factors, that's starting to be on me. He's kicking, he said they're keep kicking themselves in the foot. Like you can't get beat in the kick game, he said per se, because at the end of the day, like the man is between the man and the ball, right? And kicking his leg and how he can deliver. So I think he didn't want to say he was frustrated because that feels like, you know, they can't do something about it. There's still plenty of games to play. But he said he was irritated with himself and he emphasizes that his team was doing good things. And so ultimately, I think it just turned the page. 24-hour rule that Dwayne Carter mentioned, and you got to just keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, look, being frustrated and irritated is certainly one thing. We mentioned some of those decisions that Cutcliffe made to go for it on fourth down in some points to kick a field goal and other points in Charleham two for four on field goal attempts uh, on Saturday versus Georgia Tech, a day that uh, he's ready to, to have the 24-hour rule and move on and, and look towards next week. All right, so Virginia is next up for Duke. They're four and two on the year. Duke football fans have been paying zero attention to Virginia football this year, Candace, because that's just not something that takes place. You worry yeah. about your opponent that week. What can you tell us about the Cavaliers and the year they've been through? Yeah, so I think Brennan Armstrong is kind of like Gladys Knight in the pips, right? It's Brennan Armstrong and everybody else <laughs> and how they can figure out how to just keep making him look decent. He gives his all. That defense is 
I wouldn't say it's trash. It's definitely struggled a bit. This would be the game where Gunnar Holmberg can really show that he can progress. He can mature. He can look past his mistakes and really try and make something out of nothing. Mateo Durant is able to go lights out with this kind of defense. I think you can, he can run all over them. It's going to be about, you know, how confident can they be going into Charlottesville, right? Cause Charlottesville's not the, the Cavaliers don't feel like you're anybody to them, right? right. You're going to have to test, they're going to test your gangster. Like pretty much, you know, Brennan Armstrong is going to test the gangster of defensive line every single time on the fourth and ones, fourth and twos, fourth and inches, because they can. They're going to feel like Duke is not going to be able to hold up. We saw, though, with that Georgia Tech game that Duke's defense is very much capable. But can they do that for an entire game? They're going to eventually get tired. So I think when they make the great plays, can Duke's offense capitalize? And so that's going to be the key know for this team against Virginia which a team again is going to have a great offensive showing but defensively it's going to be up and down so Brennan Armstrong the quarterback of course for Virginia who's thrown for already nearly 2,500 passing yards which is just insane to sit here and think about Virginia off a one-point victory over Louisville where Armstrong threw the football 60 times it's funny because you know we, we mentioned Leonard Johnson the incredible interception he had getting a little bit too excited, has the hamstring injury after the fact. Duke's going to need to ice up before they get ready (laughs) and stretch, Candice, right? With how much that Virginia throws the football, I mean, I think it's that simple. The the secondary needs to be ready to run a lot because they're going to be chasing receivers all game long. No doubt. The secondary, I think, is going to hold up. I think it's going to be that defensive line. Can you rush Brendan Armstrong? Can you make him be inaccurate? Can you allow him, you know, to feel frustrated in the pocket and try and make those silly plays and mistakes or those silly checkdowns? Can those linebackers meet him where he's at? So that's just going to be, to me, so many keys for Duke just to try and squeak one out. But again, you have if they are able to do that defensively, definitely have to have the offense pay for those mistakes. You have to capitalize. You have to score. You have to get some points on the board. Three to seven, I don't care what it is, but you have to go away with something. Duke football three and three on the year, halfway home with this 2021 season. As we kind of put a stamp on the first half of the year, covering the ACC, the entire conference like you do, how would you grade these first six games for Duke and how they should feel uh, after the first half of the year? You know, I think Duke is definitely a C plus because nobody probably thought that they were going to win the games that they did win. So you kind of turned your eye in terms of like, okay, that Charlotte loss is very on brand for the end road of coach cut era, but you see them turn things around with Northwestern. You see them turn things around with Kansas and you're like, all right, well, maybe we can do something with somebody. Right. So you say, okay, it's capable, but then you have that Carolina bump where we're seeing a Carolina team that clearly, clearly isn't that good. (laughs) And you're wondering what's going on with your offense. You were in a game with Georgia tech, a Georgia tech team that thwarted you know, UNC and definitely has some playmakers on that squad. So you're wondering how did you even stay in that game at home and should have won. So if anything, you should have the confidence to say I'm average at best, but there are still opportunities for me to see a B towards the end of this. I mean, this is a Duke football team, Candace, that won two games yeah. all of last year. So already doing better. I know. C plus will take it. <laughs> take it. halfway through the year, already got three wins, one more than a year ago. Six games left? All right. Looking up. (laughs) Things are looking up in Durham. Uh, All right. So Candace Cooper from Lockdown ACC is joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Today on this Monday, Duke off a 31-27 loss to Georgia Tech. 
and Virginia up next. It's a big week for Duke Athletics as on Friday, we have countdown to craziness to get ready for this upcoming season. We heard uh, over the weekend that uh, freshman stud A.J. Griffin dislocated his knee in practice and is going to be out four to six weeks, uh, likely could miss the start of the season as we're about a month away from the first game of the year. Injury aside, how crazy is it that we're already at basketball season, that we're already at an event like Countdown to Craziness, and what do you think it's going to be like knowing that this sort of marks the start of the final year of Coach K? You know, can't we just be excited the fact that we're going to have a countdown to Christmas, right? I remember when there was times where that wasn't even a thought, you know, we're only going to play a certain number of games and people are having full season and it sucks for the injury, but there's still ample time. Now we get to have full seasons. We get to see Coach K and all the great farewell tour videos, montages that we're going to see. I think it's going to be fun for Duke. Really, it's going to be on these guys. Like I, you know, most Duke teams, well, all Duke teams have the pressure to win national championship, right? Right. But to me, if you don't have a special season where you're pulling out close wins and, you know, you're dominating in the conference, you're winning ACC titles, eventually being in the final four, even winning the whole thing. I think that's going to be a disappointing thing for this year because you want to give your all. So I'm hoping that they can stay mellow and control emotions. Right. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for them. Cause obviously you're at Duke you have the skill set. Can you control the emotions and not blow your wad, you know, too much throughout the season and ultimately just try and do your best to give it one more go for that guy, Coach K? Yeah, I mean, look, Countdown to Craziness is an event that everyone likes to see, a little blue-white game there. I think the players get more excited about the intros when they get to come out into Cameron Indoor for the first time. I mean, that's a big decision, Candace. It is a very big decision to pick what song you're going to be playing when you walk out onto the floor for the first time. I mean, kids dream of playing in Cameron Indoor Stadium, whether (laughs) you're playing a blue and white game or you're playing a Carolina Duke game, like that's a special moment. So for them to have that and still have that under Coach K, they better just soak that all in. Yeah, and make a good decision. I tell you what, I I want to be impressed by the song you choose. (laughs) <laughs> when you walk out onto the floor and get the crazies involved with dances that might take place and that sort of thing. So uh, also uh, towards the end of the week, we'll see a couple of other schools have their late night basketball events, whatever they want to call it, and that sort of thing. Are you ready for it to be basketball season, Candace? But to say I'm ready would mean that I'm acknowledging that football is slowly on its way out, and I just can't <laughs> handle the fact that we're you know such in the thick of football. But I am ready for basketball only because I'm ready to see how teams bounce back. The same way we talked a lot about preseason with football, like how can teams not use the 2020 season for fuel and really say that that was not us, right, or that was us, and we're going to make sure we let you guys know once again know we're much better than we showed when things were crazy. So I'm, I'm ready to see how people adjusted for this year. That's great perspective because you can use it as a positive and a negative for the way you played in 2020 as you get ready for the season and to have these arenas rocking out full crowds. Uh, that's I'm just, I'm juiced. We're ready. It's, ba- <laughs> it's a basketball week for yeah. Duke. And that's an amazing thing. on locked on blue devils. There you go. There you go. All right, Candice, we are so appreciative of your time. As always, Locked on ACC is something that people should absolutely check out. I'm thrilled because I get to be on the show with you tomorrow, as we are every single Tuesday. Uh, What's coming up this week on Locked on ACC? 
Man, we've got week six recaps. And then, of course, we have our power rankings through the middle of the week. And then we have our week seven preview. Man, I cannot believe we're in the thick of it. A lot of teams are on buys. They can absolutely use it. A lot of teams are coming off of buys, and they're looking to capitalize on a well-rested season. So, I mean, a well-rested week, excuse me. So I'm thinking that, you know, we talk about the matchups and who is going to come in and really shut things down and who could who is desperate for a win, who is looking for some coaches after week seven. And all of those conversations we'll certainly be having on this week's shows. Candace, thank you for being on the program today. I appreciate it. Man, it's always a pleasure to have you. I can't believe I get to come and talk Blue Devils all the time, but hey, I'm getting, I'm getting kind of used to this. I like yeah. it. <laughs> this is awesome stuff. That is Candace Cooper joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you again to Candace Cooper for joining us on our show today. Very grateful for her time. Make sure you check out Locked on ACC as I am with her on tomorrow's program and on that show every single Tuesday. I loved what she had to say. Love she was able to be at Wallace Wade Stadium this past weekend covering the game. And be sure to follow her on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper and at Locked on ACC. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Send us any questions that you may have for our Mailbag Monday edition of the program. Again, send those questions LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com or uh, on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And then finally, be sure to follow and subscribe Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast comes out each and every day, so you don't want to miss it. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.